And welcome back to another episode of the Hero Ball Podcast. My name is Richard Davison, and we're joined, I'm joined by three other people. We got a four-person podcast today for you guys. It's going to be fun. Uh, first, joined by Ethan Huffman. Ethan, how you doing? Fantastic. Loving, loving life, living the dream, drinking a rock star, doing math. Can't get All right. Me. All right. And also joined by, as usual, Elkin Beltry. Elkin, how are you doing? Doing good. Had a long weekend, eventful, rainy day now, and I'm just chilling. All right, all right. And we have a special guest. I referred to him a number of times on the podcast. We have we are joined by one Berkeley Comet. Berkeley, how are you doing today? Hello, hello. How are you? Had a busy weekend. Young Andy graduated high school. It was young, a good weekend. Young Andy graduating high school. Shouts out to Andy. He's not listening to the podcast. He doesn't care about sports, does he? Nah, he doesn't. He's a nerd. But he's okay. really smart, though, so. All right. Well, m- m- maybe he can solve some of these uh, dilemmas that LeBron is going to be facing. And and let's go ahead and talk about why LeBron is facing some dilemmas right about now. If you haven't heard of, you've been under a rock for, I don't know, probably two weeks. You probably now know that LeBron had no chance in the finals and that the Warriors were going to sweep him. And that's exactly what happened. The Warriors end up with a 4-0 sweep of LeBron, second of LeBron's career uh, back, you know, the first time he was in Cleveland. But guys, <clears throat> anything we want to talk about in summary, anything that needs to be discussed about the finals in particular, um, what, what do you guys want to focus on? I think with the finals, most uh, most people are kind of just, they were expecting that. I mean, if you would have told, if we would have met as a podcast and said, hey, it's going to be Cavalier versus Warriors, I think most would have said, yeah, I can see it. Maybe Cavs might struggle. And then you would have said, oh, Warriors are probably going to sweep. Then you probably would have said, they had the same similar talent than last year. The Cavs lost Kyrie. I can see it. So it's almost as if there's nothing too surprising. And I think after that game one where almost you kind of felt like that was it, the Cavs kind of stopped trying. It almost seemed like after that, it was mm-hmm. just an expected outcome. And we talked about it too. It wasn't if the Warriors win. Even on this podcast, we said when the Warriors win. Yeah, I don't think anyone really had uh... – you know, I, I had probably the Cavs lasting the longest, but it was for my own salary cap, you know, selfish purposes. I wanted <laughs> you them to go that, seven. You need um, and, and so we'll talk more about the salary cap a little bit later. But uh, the – yeah, so, I mean, coming out of this, it, it was kind of like we we knew what was going to happen. Like we, we assumed, you know, it might be Cleveland Warriors and the Warriors are great, better than everyone, so they'd eventually win. So, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like from the beginning of the season – kind of played out. Obviously, there were a lot of ups and downs and crazy stuff that happened, but kind of played out, you know, as far as the final result outcome, kind of like we expected. Um, let me ask Let me ask uh, you guys this question. <clears throat> With what came out um, of the final conference, fi- final you know, press conference with LeBron James, he comes out and he says, uh, that, you know, he talked about his hand. It came out right after the game that he, you know, punched a blackboard or whatever in, in the locker room after game one. So, man, J.R. Smith, I mean, caused him to do that. How do you – are you guys – what do you guys think about that whole LeBron was playing with a messed up hand for the last three games of the finals? Uh, any any thoughts related to that? Go ahead, Berkeley. I'm, I can tell you got something you want to add. <laughs> I just on the whole thing, like LeBron didn't blame the wrist as he didn't use it as an excuse during his interview. I saw that, but like 
we've seen LeBron on multiple interviews after games, post games, or days where they didn't have games, and he never had a wrist on. So like, it just comes off like he just he's having people like use that as excuse when he doesn't need it. Like everyone knew that he was not gonna win. Everyone knew that his supporting cast was not not capable of helping him win a championship. So I just think something like that coming up, it's like when he lost um, game six and seven against Boston. And then like, it came out after that, he was like, he had cramp issues. Like, I just think it was like irrelevant, like for Brian with Windhorse, whatever, to just bring that up. I mean, I guess, I guess it's news, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Ethan, what do you think? So I was listening to a lot of podcasts yesterday, like the Hoop Collective from ESPN and uh, Ringer podcast, NBA podcast. And from what I could uh, get from the intel on those podcasts, it was basically like some kind of text that one Rich Paul sent out to the entire NBA Riders Association, basically, because <laughs> um, every like they were saying that everyone had this little scoop because they brought Brian Windhorst on the pod briefly, and he brought it up like it was something that they hadn't heard quite yet, mm-hmm. but. They, the people that were doing the podcast prior already had the information. Right. So it, I think it clearly was a bit of like, um, oh, look at this, LeBron was hurt kind of thing. But it wasn't just Brian Windhorst. It wasn't just an ex-other reporter. Like it was, it, It's a narrative that they wanted pushed, and it didn't matter the source. And, and for me, as I look at this, I don't look at it as an excuse for why, like as LeBron's can't putting it out because of why they lost. Maybe it's like, oh, well, how come LeBron didn't put forth – you know, game one, 51 point superhuman performances each and every game. It kind of seemed like, you know, he played, a, you know, if you look at those, if you look at the numbers, the box score, it's like it's still putting together a really, really good game. But it's it's like, well, he, he'd never reached that game one, you know, craziness that he did. And so maybe it's kind of like a explanation for why you go from 51 down to the 20s, right? But also, right. too, I mean, you, we guys, we've seen this from LeBron. I think all of us have been watching LeBron his entire career. He loves to control his own narrative. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing about LeBron. He is, as much as we get on him for this, LeBron can sometimes be a PR wizard. And his team, if he knows you rarely hear bad things about LeBron come out. I mean, you do occasionally here and there. But at the end of it all, LeBron controls what people say about him. And that's something very hard. I mean, you have your Skip Bellis who, who finds out that LeBron – pours in milk first before putting in his cereal and then puts it on a tweet is going to hate on LeBron. You have those type of people. But outside of that, it just seems like it was one with LeBron to do that. And he knew what he was doing. I think, and I think you guys even saw the the video of the press conference when he like scratched his forehead mm-hmm. and he, he like held it there. Ain't nobody scratched your forehead for that long. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, you guys are talking about this? I'm like, oh, like this guy's a fool. But yeah. at the end of the day, I mean, he shouldn't, in my mind, I think he knew what was eventually going to happen. And he threw it out there, kind of see, like, because there's some, I think the game seven is probably the one where I heard the most analysts said he kind of gave up. He kind of is completely gave up. They talked about his shot count in the, I think it was the second half. I think he only shot 13 shots in total, right? In that game seven. I'm sorry, game four. Game four. Yeah, he only shot 13 shots. He wasn't that much. Yeah. And I mean, granted, he came out early, but, you know, you could also see it a little bit like at the end, the last few minutes he was in, some of the passes he was making to his teammates were a little mm-hmm. bit like, you know, I'm just gonna just gonna throw it. And, you know, it's it's um, not it's not like I don't know, it almost like there's a little bit of spite behind it. Yeah, as, it's as that 2014, 2014 Spurs mm-hmm. passes where he's like, I'm tired of y'all. We ain't gonna make it. Y'all take this. You know, I've done what I've done. Done that. And I mean, but I can't say <laughs> uh, one of our uh pods 
Potter's here. Ethan does not agree with that 2014, but he has his own feelings about that. No, but I'll tell you this. For people who say quit, no. Quitting for me is looking – I will bring this back. Going back to 2006, first round, Lakers versus Phoenix, someone said, Kobe, you shoot too much. And Kobe proceeded to not shoot any shots for the second half of that game. That is what I've seen for someone. It's just kind of like I'm quitting, but who am I? I've never played in the NBA. These analysts know more than I do. You guys can go ahead and carry the torch off from here now. Spoken now. <laughs> hey, okay, so we talked about LeBron a bit. Uh, we'll get back to LeBron. Don't worry. We'll, we'll do that. Um, let's talk about the Warriors real quick. Uh, anyone have any issues with the Kevin Durant MVP uh, over perhaps a Steph MVP? Anyone here have any issues over th- with that? No. No, not at all. Like, I, it's, like, it came off to me. Like, I remember someone tweeted this on this on Twitter, and I brought up to Richard. Like, it seemed like Katie, even though he was playing amazing, like, he wasn't trying to win MVP. Like, it's like he kind of wanted to, like, he knew Steph was going to get scrutinized. Oh, he, he won another finals without being MVP. He's not, like, an all-time great. But, like, Katie still, boy, he, he got triple-double without him, like, really being, like, he didn't need to be, like, a force because he knew, like, Steph was hot. So, like, I think, like, KD game three was beyond – like, the only thing that was better than KD's game three was LeBron's game one. But LeBron lost that game. So, it was like, no one's – so, KD definitely deserved to win game. And plus, KD had a bad, quote-unquote, game in game one, and KD still had 26 points. Yeah. KD went uh, passively trying to get Steph the MVP in game four. But in doing so, he got himself a triple double, and Russell Westbrook style locked in the MVP. <laughs> uh, oh man, of course, of course. I personally, I think Steph probably should have won it. Um, obviously, his stinker in Game Three paired with uh, Kevin Durant's just awesome Game Three, like you could kind of see those, you know, juxtaposed with each other, and and perhaps that's that was a sway. But you know, three out of the four games, Steph was just awesome. Um, and Kevin Durant was, I would say, great in Game Three. Pretty good in the others. First game, maybe, you know, meh. But mm-hmm. I, I don't have any real beef with it. I, I mean, I get it. And, I mean, at this point, who really cares except for the people who are trying to stir up that narrative that, oh, Steph is weak. Steph, you know, he's not that good. He didn't even get MVPs right. So, I don't know. Yeah, an argument to the uh, Steph is not amazing, Cam. Yeah. Um, just watch the game, fellas. The like the gravity he pulls everywhere he goes. That's where the fence starts leaning. It doesn't yep. matter who they're guarding. Kevin Durant gets helped off of if Stephen Curry gets get it shaking free, and that's that is the most impressive thing anyone can do. And I think you even saw that game through where he struggled. The Cavs doesn't matter if he missed all those shots. The Cavs still had to pay attention to him, and that's one of the things. Just where he. Does. But the same people who talk about Steph and put him down are, are the same people who are saying that now. Steph is officially a top three player in the NBA, better than LeBron. I mean, those are the same people. That's I group them in together. That's fair. Yeah, people who are foolish. Um, so, so any, is there anything else that we need to bring out of the finals game? Anything anyone else wants to talk about uh, about that? I don't really have anything else uh, other than that. Ethan, what do you got? The fact that Nick Young and JaVale <laughs> McGee, JaVale McGee, second time um, <laughs> NBA champion. Uh, and Nick Young now first time NBA champion. You know, it's similar reaction I had when J.R. Smith got his. Even though I would still say J.R. Smith, at his best in his career, was still more, way more impressive than either of those two clowns. But just, just saying, 
the 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 former um, Washington Wizards stars, JaVale McGee and Nick Young, Nick Young. <laughs> break break it off for championships. That just is gonna like make me laugh for a long period of time. Man, yeah, he, he had did. a good run though this season, this series. JaVale, yeah. JaVale played well. Yeah, I was gonna say I was like Nick Young. Eh. Uh, Nick, 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 Nick Young was getting. He was. He was like, I'm gonna be someone's. I'm gonna be um, Draymond's backpack as Draymond's shooting because you know the whole. He got carried. Oh <laughs> yes, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. It's all. No, I will say this about Javale. Kind of like if you guys listen to some of the, some of the podcasts from the other NBA, the guys who Javale is when he's on, when he's doing his game, he's a really solid rotation player, a big guy to have. You want a guy who's that athletic, running to the rim, and which game was it? Was it – I forgot which game it was that JaVale scored a few baskets to start off. Again, you got to remember which game that was? Was that two? I think it was game I was, two. Was, no, I think it was game one. You're talking about the one where you start off hot and then you missed that, like, wide-open dunk? And I think no, it was not game, that one. It was game two because they the Warriors did not start off big in game one. They kind of threw that out there as a wrinkle in game two mm-hmm. uh, just to kind of switch it up on them. And so it was at the beginning of game two where he, you know, first slip screen, went in. Basically, we started the layup line in that game. All right. Well, it seems like we're all kind of just like, all right, Warriors won. It's expected. One last go ahead. thing. Richard, one last you go. Thing. I got one thing I do want to ask after you go, Richard. One last thing, Warriors related, then I'm done with them because I don't, you know, it's over. Uh, but with all, they're going to need to make some decisions. And some of the decisions are going to have to be tailor made towards like, they're going to be thinking about teams like Houston where, where they needed extra wings and they had like seven centers on the roster. And what are they doing? Right. Uh, out of, out of the people who are like Zaza to me is gone. Like there's no use mm-hmm. for him anymore. Yeah. Um, but I think JaVale is one of those centers that they actually will keep on. I think that he proved himself in this series that if, if you can have a role in the finals, like, okay, you, 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 there's, there's a reason for you to be here. And I don't think he's necessarily, seeking tons of money because he probably knows he can't get it, especially this year. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The market for him is not a good market, especially after what he did. I mean, it would be nice if they could have kept a, a Looney because I think Kevin Looney is such a positive one. But correct me if I'm wrong, didn't the Warriors have a chance? They messed up. up. Yeah. I would say that. The Warriors had their chance, and they're kind of just like, nah, we're going to see what you're capable of. Yeah, they, they, they could have picked up his op- on, on a, I think an option on him, and – they chose not to. It would have been like super cheap too, but they chose not to, and now they're probably not going to be able to to hold on to him. It's it's one of those scenarios where you're you're, you're trying to finesse that cap so hard that you, yeah. you just kind of make an error in judgment. Keep in mind this as well, because of the situation they were in when they drafted um, not only Jordan Bell but Patrick McCall. Those contracts were only two years, not not the three years you can get out of second round picks. Mm-hmm. So. Patrick McCall is also a free agent this summer. Now, he's mm. someone I think you want to retain because of mm-hmm. his defensive ability, but he's also the type of player that someone might be willing to overpay because of his size and, and two-way ability. Like, he, he, he's got a nice jumper, and he's got a solid, solid footwork in, on the defensive end. So, like, he's one of those guys that it's, – it's like, for the Warriors, it's actually really good that he got hurt because maybe his, his um, value has been deflated just enough. Yeah, because it's – with guys like him, like some, so some people can afford, like JaVale probably can afford to take a, you know, say, I'm going to take a pay cut this year. I mean, that's not really a pay cut. I'm just going to take what I'm going to get from the Warriors. Whereas if, if you are, you know, Patrick McCaw, you know, you're a second round pick, you don't have much money. You're probably wanting to, you know, escape somewhere and, you know, get some money from Atlanta or, you know, someone out there who might be willing to throw that to you. 
Well, that's it, I think. Let, let's yep. go ahead and move on. I don't on. have anything. And we'll see. Yeah, I was going to ask a question, but it's not worth it. I'm ready to talk about some uh, some of the other topics. All right. So, so the next big topic is, well, LeBron lost. Mm-hmm. Where's LeBron going now? Uh, th- th- that's probably going to be the, the big talk for, you know, until, you know, outside of the draft until it actually happens. LeBron's the, the first big decision that needs to be made free agency related. And for those out there who don't know, LeBron does have one more year he can opt into with Cleveland if he were to choose. And that's important because for some of for some of the teams where people may think it could be a destination, you can't do it unless he opts in and they do it through trade. Yeah. Uh, but let's go ahead and first assume that uh, LeBron were to not opt in. He opts out. He's a free agent. Um, there are only a few possible teams he could go to because, as is mentioned a number of times in this podcast, nobody has cap space. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the teams that do have that do have cap space are the Los Angeles Lakers. Mm. Rumored a rumored destination because LeBron has some houses there, and uh, you know, a couple of houses there, yeah, several houses there. It's a place where he goes to in the offseason. A number of NBA players do as well. But that is probably the destination that has been rumored most over the past year as we've been waiting uh, you know, for this to happen. So, guys, with the Lakers, do you see that as a potential location for LeBron to go? And what would they have to do in order to um, you know, make LeBron actually want to be there? What other pieces would they have to add? Well, yeah, Paul George is the given. He's going to I, – I think he's the kind of guy he's going to – he's been eyeing the Lakers for a while now. He's going to go there almost no matter what else happens. I, I don't think there's a way he stays in OKC just because it didn't, it didn't work out as well, and you can't imagine that team getting better with their cash, uh, cash problems anyway. Um, and I don't really see the Clippers as an L.A. destination for him, um, even if they were to move up the cap space to get him. I just don't see that as a location. The Lakers seem to be the apple of his eye. Um, other guys, that like via trade at that point as well, would be like Kawhi Leonard. DeMarcus Cousins is the other free agent that could potentially go there. But I know Richard doesn't like that at all. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't. If I'm LeBron, I don't want to put my stake in uh, a guy who, like, with with that type of injury, a big center uh, having coming off of an Achilles injury, obviously, um, you know, we haven't seen many people come back to be even the level that they that they were. And if you're going to be signing him, you're probably signing him to a long, big contract. Well, what like LeBron has to be thinking. Well, what if he comes back and he's just not good? He just he is not a helpful player and. He's not an impactful player because really all of this, all that really matters is, is he going to be impactful to help against the Warriors? And if he can't move, then he can't defend on the perimeter. And really you need to do that. Otherwise you're going to get played off of the court in the finals against the Warriors. And so I don't see LeBron taking the risk to bring on Boogie. I would, I think I would see them, him saying, well, let's go ahead and bring in Kawhi. Cause I think that's a better, a better fit. Pod idea. Now that we've had Berkeley on the pod, next pod we get Phil on the pod to break down all the offseason injuries, and we see about how he thinks <laughs> the players will recover. Oh, oh yeah, okay. I, I'm 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 down for that. We'll get we'll get Phil on. He actually uh, mentioned. Uh, I actually asked him about like LeBron's hand from earlier. Like, yo, he said this, and because LeBron had mentioned the podcast, uh, I was basically playing with a you know a broken hand for the last three games. Phil was like, nah, it's, it wasn't a broken hand. According to like the medical things, it's just a, you know, a, a deep, you know, a deep bru- bone bruise there. And so it's 
LeBron was embellishing a little bit, but that's me here nor there. But I, I like what you're going with, uh, Ethan. Oh my goodness, we really. Uh, but when I'm looking at this LA team, all I think about is you're going to move some pieces around. It's going to be LeBron probably. LeBron's probably going to want at least want two All Stars, and then some young movement. Which of the young pieces do you want to keep if you're the Lakers? I think. Go, go ahead, Berkeley. My bad. I think that uh, the young pieces, you definitely want to keep Kyle Kuzma because I think he, although there's so much hype about Lonzo, and I think he'll actually be a good player, I think Kyle Kuzma is better for what LeBron needs as in a role player from a young player because um, he's he's always um, stressed that he doesn't want, like, players who have to learn. Like, he doesn't want to play with players who have to learn, and that's what Lonzo is. Like, he's going to be good, but he still has to learn how to play the game. And Kyle Kuzma could give him some kind of production right off the back, as he's shown this year. Um, and then Brandon Ingham, but for you to get like that third player that um, LeBron so wants, you're going to probably have to trade him. Yeah, the, the pieces that are likely to be on the, on the move, I think, are all three rookies, to be honest. If we're talking about bringing in that third player, that elusive third, whether it be a Kawhi, DeMarcus Cousins, because you're going to have to move a wild dang contract in this process and all, yeah. and to get three guys. And, you know, sadly, Kuzma might be the, the cost of that like Ingram as well, and and Ball. I think it's going to be incredibly hard to keep any of those guys. Um, And the one thing I want to stress, and like Kuzma has the physical tools. Ingram has the physical tools. And Lonzo Ball, while having a broke shot, has physical tools to be a really good NBA player. But let's not forget, some people thought Jordan Clarkson was a pretty good basketball player putting up numbers for the Lakers. Don't so let's not just assume that all these guys are made to play actual basketball right now. Yeah. Here, here's the thing though. I would I would argue that Lonzo actually is someone that I would want uh, playing you know along alongside a LeBron because I think that uh, not only is his passing uh, phenomenal right now, his defense is pretty good too, and he has the the size that I think is helpful and, and I think. As an off-ball shooter, I think he'd be helpful. I I would just say, I I would I would love to see Lonzo and LeBron play on the same team. That, that that that's what I'll say. I would argue, and I know Berkeley felt more more strongly about Kuzma. I would argue Lonzo's the person I'm most sure that is gonna be a certain level of success no matter where he goes because we saw it at UCLA. There was a culture change in terms of how the team played, mm-hmm. like. He didn't have the shooting numbers here this last year with the Lakers to really impact the game super, super. Um, but the guy's always going to know how to play basketball. Like with Ingram and Kuzma, like they're both kind of heat check guys. And while they're pretty good at that, I'm I'm not as sold on those two in terms of what their what their baseline is because they're playing for the Lakers and the Lakers have been bad. Do you think? Um... Do you think something around an Ingram Kuzma for Kawhi is something that, you know, a package something like that would be something that uh, Pop and the Spurs would be willing, let's say, if Kawhi said, I'm not sticking around, I'm not resigning. Do you think that's uh, the best that they could get? If anyone can get something out of Luol Deng at this stage of his career, it would be a Popovich or back to Eric Spolster where Luol Deng was pretty successful as a four playing for the Heat before he took that big deal with the Lakers. Right. Um, I don't think he's going to the Heat. I was just mentioning it, the Heat. <laughs> had, to, had to get him in the pot. Um, <laughs> but, 
But with with Pop and Luol Deng in mind, that that's the sour filler. But you had an idea in terms of what else would have to come back for them to also bring on an Ingram. I remember it was Danny Green, correct? Yeah, yeah. So so Danny Green, uh, I believe has I believe he has a player option this year, and it would be another ten million. And so. Uh, although in, in the trade that we were that I was talking about making earlier, it was Lonzo that I was throwing in, not Kuzma. And if we throw in Kuzma, um, let's see. Well, before we th- before we even go there, though, if you're if you're Kawhi and you're Danny Green, and it's okay, Luol Deng, Ingram, and Kuzma, then uh, uh, that's the trade for it's if it's Ingram and uh, Deng for Green and Kawhi. And you're like, and the Spurs are like, oh, it sounds good, but we need uh, we need Kuzma as well. The Lakers aren't saying no to that, assuming the salary numbers work. No, I, my question is, I don't think the Spurs necessarily say yes to that. I think in this type of trade, I think it's the Spurs who continue to ask for more because, like, I I, I don't know. I, I just feel like that they they would want more. Obviously, the Lakers could throw future draft picks. Unfortunately. Um, they don't have theirs this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, I, I wonder what Popovich is, is going to be thinking as he does that because he's getting up there as well. Is he really going to want to do this reboot if Kawhi is not about it and, and stick around for it? I don't know. I mean, you're, you got to start your starter pieces though. Cause you got LaMarcus Aldridge, who's going to be a steady piece. You got mm-hmm. Murray and Ingram. Like that's a start. That's a team that like a pop led Team can that's a, that's a playoff team still in my eyes. It might yeah. be like a lower end playoff team, but still a playoff team. And then not to mention, like after one more year, Powell comes off the books. If I'm not mistaken, actually no, he might have two more years. Yes. That's awful. That's awful. Yeah. <laughs> but there, there's some options that'll be coming up, and um, I think it's a quicker turnaround than for most teams because he has that ability to do it quick. That's fair. That's fair. But so, again, like you're not gonna, you're not going to get a good return for Kawhi because mm-hmm. Kawhi is too good. All right, so that's that's the Lakers. Um, those are their options. How likely do you see that happening? Like, do you, do you think the Lakers are the most likely destination for LeBron? Let's go to let's go to each of you. Uh, Berkeley, yes. What do you think? Berkeley. Oh my bad. I, 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 I'd like to. Okay. My bad. I'm sorry. I think honestly, I think the Lakers is the main destination because they have the most flexibility. Um, they have the most cap out of the teams that LeBron wants to go to, and they have the most assets. Assets. I mean, you could argue Boston has more assets. Boston, yeah, Boston has more. But, but like Lakers are right up there. Um, and plus, as we mentioned, LeBron has multiple homes there. Um, it's a main market. I just think if he goes to any other like powerhouse places, like we heard, like Houston or Philly or even Boston, like they're gonna have to make serious changes that will like make LeBron's chances of winning against Golden State, like, not as high as he went to Lakers. Because if he went to Lakers, he can get another superstar guaranteed and possibly another all-star, and they still have quality role players. And then, you know, like, the shooters that are, like, winding down in the league, they always just follow LeBron. So, like, I'm pretty sure he'll get one of those as well. So I think Lakers are the best spot. Lakers is the best spot for LeBron. That's fair. So another team that could bring him in just through free agency. The Philadelphia 76ers could do that. Uh, they um, they can have – I think they can clear up – let's see my notes here. They can clear up a, almost almost up to – so 27, I think, is the number. They can get about 27 uh, million, almost 30 even. But that would be assuming that you're not bringing back J.J. Redick. 
right? Mm -hmm. You are definitely not bringing back Amir Johnson, regardless, in my yeah. eyes. Uh, you're probably not bringing back Marco Bellinelli or Tanelli Asova. And so that you could do that. JJ Redick is the casualty that you probably do. Now, if you do that, though, guys, would there be some other moves that you'd want to make if you're Philly, if LeBron was willing to come in, even with all the GM hoopla? Like, look, if he wants to go there, he can. He can do it through free agency. What other things do you think they'd, they'd want to do if that happened? It's just what Berkeley said. You got to bring in shooters. And Bellinelli, I wouldn't say he's out of an option because at this stage of his career, like he was getting paid $5 million last year. Um, he, I, For a guy his age, guy who's won a ring before, like he, he might want to try to do that again. He's a guy you could probably bring back. LeBron would just have to tell him, you have to set your feet when you shoot from now on. And that would be the new rule. Right. But, um, I mean, it's just guys like that. You got to get guys who can play defense. I think you need a more reliable backup center than Rashad Holmes, or Rashad Holmes has to take a, a, a step, and that's very possible if he's playing with LeBron James. You know, Tristan Thompson became a $16 million a year player playing alongside LeBron James. And I wouldn't say their physical tools between Rashad Holmes and Tristan Thompson are that much different, other than Tristan Thompson is a lot thicker, which is not necessarily a good thing. So J.J. Redick probably doesn't come back in that situation, right? I mean, unless he's willing to take the minimum, which being a player who's never won a ring before, I don't know. I, I think I think, he, I think he'd rather go a couple more years making some money because he still can. Yeah, and he's really good still. Yeah, so some team's going to give him yeah. money, and it's probably not going to be a terrible team. So yeah. go play. Like I think listening to his podcast that he does, I I – the thing I feel about JJ Reg is he really in, in, enjoys the process of developing and like playing alongside players, and it's not always developing like alongside Chris Paul like he did for like four years. Mm -hmm. Like th I think this last season playing in Philadelphia and being part of that winning formula was something that was really rewarding for him. Now maybe he doesn't want to move again, and that's the one thing that kind of keeps him in place because he does have a family. But I think he really enjoys that process and. Mm -hmm. You know, process, haha, -ha, Philadelphia. Uh -huh, but right. I'll wait um, for you. I'll wait. I didn't say anything. I'll wait for you to mention that. <laughs> but if he could go to another team, I don't know what that is off the top of my head. But there's got to be an option out there for him that is some somewhere he could grow. Like, I'm not going to spoil my thought on that because there's a, it's a team that we're going to talk about here in a little bit. But there's a team I think that he could go to that would be very interesting in terms of a developmental standpoint. So the next question is if LeBron goes there, which of their younger semi? I guess I shouldn't say that because Robert Covington isn't super young. But like out of Robert Covington, Dario Saric, and Markel Fultz, do any of those guys get moved if LeBron comes? I can see Covington getting moved. Like I know Brett Brown, that's Brett Brown guy, but I can also see Dario. Like if there's a package to get another big player, Dario would be the guy who go. So. Let's say it's Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard again, just because he's the big fish who you can get in a trade, perhaps. Ethan, what might it take in order to do something like that? For Kawhi specifically, that's really tough just because of the monies. Um, with yeah. with Robert Covington's $16.7 million contract, he seems like the perfect kind of salary filler, but then you still have to figure out how you're going to do it perfectly. Like They do have the cap space. So like They could actually take on more money. This could be another situation where it's like um, – Rocco and maybe a Fultz or Saric, maybe both for Leonard and Green. And that is, sounds like a better deal than what you were going to get from the Lakers. Mm -hmm. But this is not with LeBron going to the uh, – This, is, I mean, I guess maybe. is that Could that work? Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, it could work. You could get LeBron and Kawhi along in on the process if if you were willing to make that trade because you can bring in LeBron just through free agency without having to make that trade. Yeah. And so it, you're right. It, it is kind of an interesting situation that that they're posed with. And the problem is, again, they don't have a GM right at this moment. I mean, Brett Brown's kind of taken over that that thing. But that's something that you are able to figure out if, you know, you're able to figure that out. If LeBron wants to come to Philly, they can figure they can figure yeah, it out. That'll be the biggest thing. They'll kind of just like, we're going to make it work. LeBron wants here. We're going to make it work. It'll be interesting to see what type of offense, or how do you think the offense will look like with the pieces that they have if they get a LeBron? So let's that's- assume LeBron and that's it. Yeah, because I think of Ben Simmons and how he fits in there. That's what I'm trying to think of. Mm. I think if LeBron goes to the Sixers, he's going to go in the full on, all right, this is my turn. I'm going I'm to score a lot of points, and I'm not going to do as much assisting. Like, he's still going to get, you know, his yeah, six yeah. or seven a game. But I, I could really see LeBron that spends an entire offseason just getting that three-point percentage back up to 40 like he was in Miami for a season. And, and Ben Simmons is still the showrunner. He's still the guy who drives it. But come postseason – it, they have that wrinkle that it could still switch up and we turn Ben Simmons into a 6'10 Dwayne Wade back cutting all over the place. Could Ooh, you see Could you see LeBron in going to one of that situation? I'm sure there's others where this could happen as well, but where LeBron kind of takes on the Draymond role of, uh, you know, because if Steph is, is the ball handler, like, because, you know, sometimes Draymond, he brings the ball up, but let's say Steph has the ball, you know, Draymond comes up setting the initial pick and then it creates, you know, more action where he can dump it off to him and he can dish. Like, do you see maybe him taking on that secondary role with Ben Simmons where he's not the initial ball handler, but maybe through pick and rolls with him, you know? It would uh, just – in that specific scenario, it would have to be Ben Simmons setting the ball. The, the reason Draymond uh-huh. Green's so open on all those is because uh-huh. you have to go Steph over Curry. on Curry. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, it has been reported that LeBron does want to play off the ball. Like, he doesn't want to be the ball handler. So, I don't think him and Simmons playing together would be an issue because Simmons would be the ball handler. But I don't think – I agree with Ethan. I don't think he'd be a Draymond Green because um, you, you don't have two elite shooters – I mean, technically three elite shooters that can shoot from 30 feet. Like, he'd still be a factor offense, but he wouldn't be the ball handler, I think. Yes, yeah, just that specific scenario you brought up, like the reason Draymond's always open, whether he rolls or whether he fades, is because both defenders have to commit to not letting Curry get off a wide open three. And so, probably just because Draymond can't shoot. That, that <laughs> is also a factor. But if it's Ben Simmons, you have no problem going under the screen and yep. like, giving him that space. So I, I, I do think that LeBron would thrive playing off ball with Ben Simmons, but that like the whole Draymond Green thing that you're bringing up, I I don't think that's the way to do it. Like, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of a lot of what you can do see with Chris Paul and Harden, where it's ice, some isolation stuff, and then all like, but unlike the Rockets, they need to be setting down screens for some shooters, and hopefully maybe if it's you know LeBron at the top of the key, you have Ben Simmons screen away. And if they follow the shooter, Ben Simmons comes back door. We have Dwayne Wade, LeBron mm-hmm. hype passes going again. I'm telling you, like that's the that's the key because like Ben Simmons can't shoot, can't even shoot as good as Dwayne Wade. But if Ben Simmons can get the off ball movement like Dwayne Wade had, that could be yeah. absolutely terrifying. Because well, Dwayne Wade was a really good athlete. He's not six ten and a really good athlete. So yeah. like, go ahead and, and try then, to stop that. And then of course, Embiid will kind of just find wherever you need him outside or inside. And I think defensively. He could have a decent team, especially defensively. I know Ben Simmons has little ways to go defensively, but 
having Embiid back there, then having LeBron maybe, maybe getting back to his motivated days. That's what you need. Because it's not like LeBron can't play defense. It's like you're either going to have me going all out on offense or defense. you got to choose which one. Think about this, though. I think part of LeBron's regression as a defensive player comes to the point like, well, if I make a mistake and I look bad, there's no one to ever protect my back. Because Kevin Love couldn't defend the rim. Tristan Thompson mm-hmm. can't really defend the rim. No. If you got Joel Embiid back there, you can take a few more gambles because you're not going to look stupid because Joel Embiid's going to make up for it. So, like, I think there's that because we see we can see, we see it all the time. LeBron can have those spurts of defensive exp- yeah. expertise, and I honestly think if he's like, okay, well, I can sell out this side, and if he spins away from me and like gets to the rim, Joel Embiid's there to like not have my guy scoring all these points. Like, he didn't have that luxury. Like, he just had to be like, okay, well, I don't want to look that bad. I'll just make I'll look really bad on purpose, and people won't you know speculate. Like, if you, if you give effort and get scored on, that's even more embarrassing than just not giving effort. J.R. Smith experienced that a lot this past series. Um, so uh, the so so the Phillies an option, and they have they have assets as well. They even have the tenth pick in, in this upcoming draft, so that's helpful as well for trades if you need it. Um, the only other team that really could bring him into uh, free agency that would even that is even a contender at the moment is Elkins Indiana Pacers and oh, yeah. for me oh, yeah. I think that, that's the place that he should go uh if uh, if, if, I, if I'm picking and if Elkins picking um but he's not going there right guys yeah I mean there's no way as much as honestly the what the what the Pacers have already and we saw what they could do in the playoffs and you're only gonna get Victor Oladipo is going to be better. You have a Turner and those other guys. The bonus is going to be better overall. It would be great if he could join because you know that Pacers team would be great. And then add a few pieces here and there. But we all know that LeBron, first of all, if we're going to move, his family is not going to say, yeah, let's go ahead and go from Cleveland to Indiana. Most likely some won't be for it. And then I sometimes try to think, how does LeBron view the Pacers? That's what I think of like LeBron's mindset. How does he view them? the likely chances, and what else could do. So let's say they get LeBron. What other movements or what other pieces would they move around as far as the Pacers? What would they do after that? Uh, I don't know. I mean, that's when you would probably have to focus on the whole shooter aspect because we know LeBron <laughs> loves to play with shooters. Um, and, like, they have a couple shooters right now, but, like, yeah. as of right now, if they were to get LeBron, like, I think they would need, like, a legit – Another all-star. Like, that's, like, your number one goal. Oladipo. Oladipo and Turner's development. Yeah, believe. Believe in it. That is true. But um, more importantly, I think it would be stuff like this. You move Darren Collison and you look you look at moving – I'm, I'm not saying you have to. I'm saying Fine. you look at moving guys like Corey Joseph, Darren Collison, who aren't perfect fits just because they're – you know, Darren Collison had, like, a career shooting year last year. Yeah. Like, that was not his, his average. Corey Joseph – not exactly a, a LeBron type of guy to play next to. You look at those kind of smaller contracts and maybe look to bring in the uh, the better fits. But, guys, I got an idea that I thought of this morning that does not involve LeBron that I think the Pacers Ooh. should look to pursue, How especially if LeBron goes to Philly because that would be where J.J. Reddick's corpse um, is no longer available there. And I think the Pacers would be very wise if LeBron were to go to Philly to look at bringing in both Marcus Smart as a restricted free agent and J.J. Redick in unrestricted free agency. Because then when Collison is a free agent after next season, you have your point guard there and Marcus Smart. 
And I like the three-guard rotation of Smart, Old Depot, Reddick, because if you close games, you can have Smart basically play a three because of how good defensively he is. And yeah. then you have the shooter and Reddick and Oladipo as a primary ball handler. All of a sudden, you've got a really nice little set of guards. And Elkin, I'm just curious of you because I, I thought about this about this this morning. How do you feel about that kind of like rotation? Because that's a big upgrade in my opinion. You know, I, I view it this way. When we started talking about the Philly possibility, immediately I thought, you know what, JJ was on that one-year contract, a free agent. The Pacers have always, I felt, in recent years, struggled to really put three-point shooters out on the floor. If you look at the percentages of the shooters we have, it's really not that great. Three-point shooters in defense, and then where I look at it as, yeah, Collison, he had his year. I would take a Marcus Smart over a Collison at this point. And then you kind of put a call, you kind of put a Redick, a Smart, and Oladipo. And you know, with Smart and Oladipo, you're going to have kind of wing coverage perimeter defense on lockdown. And we talked about development of Miles Turner, believe in the development. If you can get him to develop as a better rim protector, which he isn't that all that bad. He's he's a pretty decent rim protector. You have a solid kind of like that fourth quarter lineup where you're going to get defense and shooting and you still have your guy who can create off the dribble, a la Victor Oladipo, who can still help and create for everyone. Bad Young can attack off a closeout. Yeah. Turner can literally stand anywhere on the floor and have it. It's a quality shot. He can take those yeah. both the break threes. Mm-hmm. He can also be down by the rim to catch alley oops. And I think and I think it helps him too to have that type of like Thaddeus Young type of player who, on offense, if you notice, most of Thaddeus Young's buckets are on mismatches or just baseline cuts. Mm-hmm. And if and it works for them because Victor Oladipo is able to get to the hoop so easily. And then when you add a piece like a Marcus Smart, yeah, Marcus not the best three point shooter, but he'll he's serviceable. But then he's also a guy who can get in there and bruise around. That's the thing, kind of like a Thaddeus Young. I'm not the best post player, but I know how to work the post, and that matters. And I think that's going to be serviceable. And also getting Old Depot some off-ball movement and to get yeah. him like, open before he gets the ball versus having to create all the space himself. Mm-hmm. Marcus Smart is a very good uh, – let me, let me take that back. He's a very serviceable playmaker. Mm-hmm. Like he, he made a lot of really good plays for the Celtics when they were surrounding him by quality three-point shooters. Definitely true. I like that. I think that'd be helpful for them. I think, uh, you know, thinking of of the teams that have cap space, they're one of the them in Philly are the only currently good teams that uh, you know players like JJ Redick would want to go to, and they they I could see them wanting to go out. They've been the team that I've been thinking about as well that could go and mess things up with Marcus Smart for the Celtics. So I, I like that, um, Berkeley. Yeah, I think Ethan's point. I think what Ethan's suggesting would be a better. They'd be better off with having LeBron because, like, I know Victor is great, and like, but like, we only seen one year of Victor being this good. Like, think about Kevin Love back when he's in Minnesota. Think of the numbers he was putting up, and then when he pairs up with LeBron, he's not. He's like irrelevant. Like Victor, we've seen him in Orlando where he's not as great, and we've seen him in OKC where he's not as great. He had one really good year. Like, don't you think it's better for Pacers to go? And like try and build around him and get him to develop more as a superstar rather than like bringing a juggernaut like LeBron and like putting all this expectation just based uh, on this year. Name any team that's this. gotten worse because they got yeah. no. That's but, the issue. Like, that's the issue. No. Any team that has a chance to get but LeBron, they're going to get him. That have gotten worse because they play with LeBron. You got a long list there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. One. Victor Oladipo, like his development, I don't think would be like he would. I don't think he'd be that guaranteed second all-star that LeBron needs. 
That's why. That's why. That's why I think because we only seen him play good for one year. Like we can't just like crown this guy. Like okay, he's legit number two for LeBron. That's fair, but we're talking about oh LeBron's ready to play off ball with Ben Simmons. Oh LeBron's ready to do this. Like oh it's okay. Oladipo's gonna be able to be able to do it. I guess the most important thing is, guys, this isn't going to happen. That's so true. Let's, That's let's, true. Let's not get too angry and too huge about this, fellas. <laughs> so the uh, we're gonna the other team that could possibly sign LeBron James in in free agency is um, well. Last thing, if uh, if JJ, if the LeBron doesn't go to Philly and JJ Redick returns, the Pacers should do the same kind of concept with Wayne Ellington. Ooh, Ooh Wayne Ellington. It's just I want to get that out because I know El- El- Elkin likes watching him shoot. Of course, and like Ethan, him. I had the pleasure of watching him live shooting off balance three pointers, which is also <laughs> one of the best things to watch. So the last team that possibly could get could get LeBron would be Cleveland. They could they could hold on to him, and and we're, we'll talk a little bit more about if uh, maybe well we're we're gonna we're gonna talk later on about what happens if he leaves. Like, what does Cleveland do? But what should they do if he stays, guys? Like if he decides to stay in because you know it just doesn't work out everywhere else, they can't honestly just say, "Well, let's go ahead and run it back." That's not going to work, right? So, w- what moves would you have to? Make? We don't have to get super in depth with this, but like, what do you think? Hmm. Well, I think one of the what pick does Cleveland have again? They have eight. They have eight. No, it's eight. the eighth. I think eight. I'd be wrong because, of course. Eight. That's going to be interesting then to see what are they going to do with that pick if they're going to keep it or not. And then to think, I know it's getting ahead of ourselves, to think who could they pick up to then compliment LeBron if he were to stay. Because I'm thinking about this. Who, and you guys probably know this, about, know this a lot better than me. I'm trying to think who would, what piece could they actually move? Because Cleveland's already put themselves in a hard financial position. And with draft picks that they've kind of just, I know they had the Nets one, but they're kind of just throwing draft picks here and there. Sometimes it doesn't seem like there's that much wiggle room. Go ahead, Ethan. Yeah, the the real costly one is giving up that first round pick to the Lakers for the Nance and Clarkson deal. Yeah. That that pick would be very useful if like trying to acquire a Kimball Walker for like a Jordan Clarkson and other small contract just to get Kimball Walker out of Charlotte. Um, the Nets pick useful in terms of maybe like CJ McCollum's an Ohio native. If you wanted to try and flip something like that, Kevin Love, the eighth pick. Yeah. And maybe I don't know like what they would really want, but um, like if you maybe you could get them off of Evan Turner for a different bad contract, maybe that's something they'd be interested in um, as Portland. But the thing is, guys, I don't actually think any of these things are possible because I wouldn't give up CJ McCollum for a first round pick and Kevin Love, if not if I'm the Blazers. Um, and I, if I'm Kim Walker. And I'm Charlotte. I'm not taking any of these bad contracts that are small enough to retain. Like, cause you can't trade Kevin Love to Charlotte because yeah. they don't want him. But like, there's no one good enough at the small enough contract because Kimber Walker's only getting paid twelve million dollars a year that you can really send over that way without attaching picks. And I don't know if just to get Kimber Walker is worth the eighth that eighth pick because that's that doesn't seem like enough for LeBron to stay. Like, I don't really see the the paths, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. I mean, you'd obviously have to move some pieces. You'd have to. The problem is with moving this pick is that you'd need to know before before the draft because and the, the draft is you know just like a week and a half away. So 
we are in a situation where if you're Cleveland, you have to play it as if he's leaving. Yeah. And if he stays, then that's then that's great. You figure it out then. But you got to you got to prepare almost as if he's leaving. So, anything else with Cleveland before we move on to a few others quickly? If it, it doesn't, it won't work in this way because look, uh, Kemba's on a one-year contract basically now that he uh, it, it, if he moves. But if you're Cleveland and LeBron says, "Hey, I want to come back," like. I understand this might not be my best situation to win, but I want to come back for one more year. Like, is it just for the sheer amount of money you make because LeBron's on your team? Is it is that worth it to trade the eighth pick and Clarkson for Kimba just because Kimba's good and he might give you a chance? Like, that's another basically another walk to the finals, in my opinion. Like, give that that's good enough to like up stay with Boston if you add Kimba to a LeBron James team, and then maybe you move around the bad contracts, try to find yourself a better rim protector, find some more shooters. But for knowing that it's probably just a one-year thing, is that worth it to give up that eighth pick to still have that one more chance of LeBron? Yeah, I think so. If if it's that, because then you get Kemba and he's young enough. I mean, he's not he's not you know super super young, but he's young enough where it's like, all right, well, he's our next well, kind he's of build around. Too. No, he's going to leave too because like when LeBron leaves after one more year in Cleveland, Kemba's going to leave too because he'll be a free agent as well. You're not going to keep him. Okay, yeah, maybe not. I don't know. Basically, you're 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 saying can Kimbo, LeBron, and Kevin Love still get us through the East, and maybe LeBron's good enough to upset the Warriors if we just get the right amount of shooter shooting from other teams. Like that's the thing. You you know this is a one year thing, and then you're shipping off expiring Kevin Love the year after that. You're tearing it down one year later, but you're saying here's one more chance, LeBron. Is it worth it? Because you've already seen LeBron the Le- LeBronless Cavs be- before and after. It's not a good look. Go ahead, Berkeley, if you had something. Yeah, that's what I was going to point out. Like, there, it's definitely not worth it because, like, we have to think back how irrelevant the Cavs were as a franchise. Cleveland as a city before LeBron – after LeBron went to Miami, they had Kyrie who could get you 40 points easily, and they were still irrelevant. Um, like, the best thing to go is to, like, plan on post-LeBron era. Like, they need to, like – they have to keep that draft pick. Okay. Like, they have to rebuild. I was, I was, I was just thinking in the realm of if you always do whatever it takes to win a championship. And if Kimba Walker is a piece that, just think if Kim instead of George Hill taking bad shots, you have Kimba Walker taking bad shots, which are now decent shots because Kimba Walker is that good. And if you have any chance at all of winning a championship, LeBron's is the best piece. No matter who you get at that eighth pick, is probably not going to be a LeBron quality guy. It's not going to be. A Kimba Walker quality guy, in all honesty. It's hard to be that good. And if you have this one last window to win a championship or to get to another championship, is that worth it versus another five years of probably being really bad because you you sacrifice a pick? It's just all – it's just it's my thought process here. Is like as a Heat fan, who's like, man, if we would have had LeBron for one more year, that's one more chance to win a championship, whereas we haven't had a chance to win a championship since he left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's, my, that's why I just wanted to get out because that's, that's an important aspect in this – most teams don't have a chance to win a championship. And if LeBron leaves, you don't anymore, and you won't for probably another six years at least. And that's just yeah. all my that's, – that, that's my thought process. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So those are all the teams that LeBron could go to. Obviously, he could, um, Atlanta could bring him in in free agency, but that's not happening. You know, so that, That's basically it. Those are the teams that could bring him in that way. The other teams would have to bring him in 
through that LeBron opt-in and trade. I'm just going to go ahead and list the teams we have mentioned because there have been rumors uh, of of these places being LeBron destinations. Obviously, there are more that you could work in with a trade, but these are the ones. Houston, San Antonio, the Boston Celtics more recently, the Miami Heat, and the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, which which of those teams would you like to start with? As a we, we don't have to spend as much time with those ones, but which team would you like to start with? Ethan, which one? I want to get the Miami Heat out of the way because okay. it's, 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 it's a very not-going-to-happen scenario, but... The scenario would have to be James Johnson, Tyler Johnson, trade to OKC for Carmelo. Those are pieces that OKC can utilize, off-ball shooter Tyler Johnson and James Johnson, um, when especially when Russell Westbrook's out of the game, playmaker for the second bench, um, good defender. He can be in the lineup for close games. Good piece for OKC. Sam Presti just runs to the phones, runs to the phones and makes extra, you know, gets another phone, calls the NBA League office immediately if that happens, because there's no way he wants Melo on for another year. So uh, right. Sam Presti's happy with that. And I think I think the Miami Heat should do that no matter what, just because then you get off the Carmelo contract next year. You have cast space when Kawhi Leonard's a free agent, which is a guy that the Heat could look at and could potentially get over some other locations just because of the prestige of Miami. You know, it's it, depending on what the Lakers end up doing, that could be an, a, an option for him to go to. They're going to get a meeting regardless. Um, and then you're looking at how can we get LeBron out of Cleveland, and there's really no good trade. It had to be like Hassan Whiteside and then Justice Winslow, oh, tears, and uh, <laughs> some other – and then prob- maybe even Josh Richardson. It, it, at that point, you're getting so many assets, but you still get LeBron, so I'd I do it, but – it's not going to happen, fellas. But do the yeah. we should do the Carmelo trade no matter what. Okay, okay, fair, fair enough. I think that that's a fun one that, that that should happen. But yeah, the issue that we're going to have with all these teams is that Cleveland has to get back enough assets for Dan Gilbert to be happy um, with paying the repeater tax, right? Mm-hmm. If if he's gonna if it's got to be enough, and I'm sorry, I don't think Justice Winslow and Josh Richardson are going to be enough. Um, to, to, for for him to want to do that, uh, and I mean those are good players, but it, it, I, I just don't I just don't see uh, Dan Gilbert wanting to also facilitate that LeBron. Like, I think it would need to be something a little bit more. And Houston is a team that has been thrown out a lot, but I mean, what about Deion Waiters, Kelly Olynyk, Josh Richardson, <laughs> and Justice Winslow for LeBron? Then you basically have. The best of the Miami, he has the offer. <laughs> and it actually doesn't work. It's still yeah, I had to cut a nine hundred thousand from the Miami Heat. So they can have Rodney Magruder. Oh man. <laughs> You're much gutting the heat. Us. Gutting the heat to get LeBron. That's what we're doing here. And yeah, what's I, the problem with that? <laughs> I still think Dan Gilbert says no. Um I, that that's that's just me. Because they don't have they don't have any picks to throw out there. You guys don't have any picks this year. And that's true. And, and that, that's another place where that, where that becomes a problem. Houston. Houston has been the team that people have been saying a lot. They were saying, well, you know, if LeBron were to go to Houston, you could play with Chris Paul. You could play with James Harden. He could take on the Draymond Green role there, right? Uh, it, as, you know, the primary, you know, pick guy in, in pick and roll plays for them. But the, the issue is they don't have the finances to do it. And they don't – if you had Clint Compella for one more year, then he's a, a, an intriguing piece that you could trade. But you don't have that. And so you don't – you're unable to, to sign him. Like I don't think with the, with the way the new CBA is, I don't think you can 
uh, do sign-in trades as easily, and so I don't think that that would work quite as well. Um, but they just don't have the pieces, and they have to worry about re-signing Chris Paul on top of that. Not that Daryl Morey isn't a wizard, but what pieces do they have that Cleveland would say, all right, yeah, we'll go ahead and bring that in, Ryan Anderson and what else? I mean, <laughs> they don't have draft picks either that, that, that are worth anything, even if they did. you know. So what, what are they going to do? This is the uh, the part of the, the doc I shared where all those other trades have to go through because you got to cut all the salary because you're going to have to take back Eric Gordon to like match salary, and then you got to cut the rest of the roster basically by trading like Kevin Love, trading um, George Hill and other pieces to cut salary down to where you can still get under the tax. Because can, can they will they still be able to get under the tax? Because if they if they were to make uh, a trade where it was LeBron for uh, you know, Ryan Anderson and Eric Gordon. That'd be yeah, that'd be know, the trade. Like, that, that's the salary matching. I know because they Houston does not have the space to trade. I, mean, I know, I know, man. Yeah. And so if you, oh man, yeah, it's it's it's, it's a real it's, it's a problem. But if you did that, you're still gonna be kind of screwed with the with the with the salary cap, right? Well, here's the thing. Right now, they're sitting sitting at one thirty seven million. 137 million. Um, and we, we think the salary cap's going to come in at about 101, 102. Is that mm-hmm. accurate? Yeah, I heard and this, 101. And this, the, the heart, this, the soft cap, like for the luxury tax, is like around 120. So you still have to cut $17 million in salary. Yeah. Um, the trades that I have uh, drawn up so far, one of them would be George Hill, Kyle Corver for John Henson, Delhi, and DJ Wilson. That saves you $3.5 million. And then if you do something like this, Kevin Love for Tyson Chandler and Dragon Bender, that saves $6 million. And then other ways to do it, too, just for shorter-term deals, is you add Marquise Chris and Jared Dudley and also add J.R. Smith, and that's still $6 million of savings. So that's only $9.5 million your way. Mm-hmm. So you're still almost a full 10. So you have to find a team, maybe like an Indiana Pacers, like if they make bad decisions. Atlanta would probably be a team. Atlanta would be a, a, a team. And then you're basically sending off guys – Guys like um, Jordan Clarkson, you know, if you could send him off for nothing, that'd be that'd be a, a move. If you could send off Tristan Thompson for like a center that's making like six million dollars, that's another move. Like it's it's stuff like that. And if you can do that, then maybe maybe trade for some big. Can, can they trade for someone and then stretch them? Um, I don't know how that works because I know some like there was a new thing in the CBA. Like if you trade for someone that's not a guarantee, you do have to guarantee the contract. Like that's mm-hmm. part of the rule. So I, I wouldn't. I'd think you could still stretch people, but okay. I'm not. I'm not as positive on that one. Because if that's the case, you might be able to just stretch John Henson on that, and that's another a few million yeah. right there. And then you 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 stretch someone else, like especially if you're the Cavs and I you're think like you can do it once, huh? Can you only? Can you only? I think you can only stretch one player. Oh, I don't know anything about that. To be honest, I, I think I think that's the rule. I think you can't do more than more than one, and you probably don't want to do more than one, honestly. Oh no, no, you don't. You probably don't. But if you're going to be stinky like the Cavs, you're not going to use your space anyway. You, it's it's one that's one of the scenarios that it would work out. Yeah, but Justin. anyway, the only reason you trade LeBron and have any chance of like still touching up that luxury tax is because you're like, I still want him to come back to Cleveland at some point. Yeah. And if I, you send him to Houston to make him really happy, he'll still come back to Cleveland for his his um jersey retirement, his statue unveiling. Like that's the thing. Like, it's all about 
healthy relationship with LeBron James is the only reason you do him any favors here to get into a team that he can win a championship with. That's right. the only thing. And you hopefully you can still duck, duck under a luxury tax. And if you get in guys who are going to expire, like the Tyson Chandler part, you're going to have no problem the year after this because mm-hmm. he's an expiring deal. Jared Dudley's an expiring deal. You can drop that payroll way down. So that's that's why that Suns deal, especially because Kevin Love would fit really nice next to DeAndre Ayton and Devin Ooh. Booker. Oh, yes, he would. Um, that's another reason to make that trade because that, that'd be good for them. <laughs> and maybe you can even get a tiny pick back, you know, maybe some kind of early second. Um, but anyway, there, there's ways to make it better for the year following, but this coming 2018-19 season is going to yeah. be tough. Mm-hmm. So l- let me also say for the Clippers in San Antonio, I personally don't see them as viable options uh, mm-hmm. just because – I just, I just, don't, I just don't see it. Like, I don't see what they could really offer um, Cleveland to. I don't, th- I don't see what San Antonio could really offer Cleveland to make it work. Um, yeah, and San Antonio would have to convince LeBron to that a Kawhi is healthy and is going to stay or wants mm-hmm. to stay, and then convince Cleveland to take Lamarcus Aldridge. So most likely, they're going to have to get rid of Lamarcus Aldridge or or Paul Gasol. Sorry if this is asking a lot, Richard, but what was the Clippers' uh, cap situation? Like, how much space do they have? Okay, so, again, all of this is super dependent on, well, one one, one big person, DeAndre Jordan, because yep. he, can, he, can he can opt in, and if he were to opt in, um, what is it, $24, $24 million? $24 million. Ugh. So he could opt in, and that would be $24 million, and – if they did that, sorry, I just want to check in on it. Like the Clippers theoretically could create thirty-one million dollars of space, which would be enough to sign, but they'd have to be getting rid of a lot of people. Like they'd have to. Uh, that would. That would be assuming that DeAndre Jordan didn't come back. He has a player option. I'd be assuming Austin Rivers probably doesn't come back. No, it'd be uh, Avery Bradley. Maybe Bradley. Bradley would be that other like ten million dollars. No, he, but he's because yeah, it'd, it'd be twenty-two point six and eight eight point eight. That's your thirty-one million right there. Wesley okay. Wesley Johnson has some kind of like a player option. But but anyway, he, like, here's the thing with 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 all of the options like picked up, they they would be at hundred and twelve. Yeah. So so that's that's where it doesn't work. Yeah. What the Clippers need to do is they need to convince DeAndre Jordan that they're going to tank on purpose next year, get him to opt out, and then <laughs> trade Daniil Gallinari, which would save to to Cleveland for LeBron. So they would they would drop you know like thirteen million dollars in salary right there, and then you trade Tobias Harris and Tiny Piece to cover the uh, Kawhi Leonard salary. You send out some picks too. And then you have Kawhi and LeBron in, in L.A. You're that's, the, that's the dream if you're the Clippers. That's, that's you're the welcome, yeah. Clippers fans. Somehow, I figured it out. Somehow Cleveland wants to accept the new Gallinari just like that. Oh, yeah. they, to, to drop the salary that much? Like, I mean, you could still do all these other moves, and he's probably a good tanking piece because he's going to get hurt all the time. I mean, uh, it's not. True. Like, and you want LeBron to be happy. You want, you want him to come back for jersey ceremony night. Here's the thing, though. I, I think I think he'll come back regardless because Dan Gilbert, you, you know, did enough, and he still came back, right? Like, well, you know. but this is just coming back to uh, show. Just, nah. I mean, yeah, you're right, but let me have this. So the last team that I wanna <laughs> I, I wanna throw out there, 
And I'm curious as to Berkeley's thoughts on this. The Boston Celtics. Oh, they're, they're, they're the only team that we that we could possibly bring in and mention because they have the assets to make the trade. Um, and let's say that they were to trade Gordon Hayward. Like if, if you are Cleveland, you're probably incentivized to get like Gordon Hayward still a good player. Obviously, you're going to have to do the medical checkups and all that stuff. And last time you trade with Danny Ainge with medical checkups, that was a problem. Uh, but let's say that LeBron went over. Uh, and it was Gordon Hayward and pieces, you know, to make it work. That was the trade. Berkeley, what would you think about that? Um, I think, like, because everyone says, like, this was such a great year for Boston because they did it without Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward took the biggest L this season because Boston went that far without Gordon Hayward playing a lick. And so he's obviously – everyone in their right mother would want LeBron over Gordon Hayward. So I think that would be a good trade. But my thing is – how real is this Kyrie and LeBron beef? Like, LeBron obviously wanted Kyrie to stay, obviously, but Kyrie forced his way out. Like, he threatened to have knee-ending surgery to get traded. That says something like, yo, he's not trying to play LeBron. And, like, honestly, like, LeBron's old, but he's still great. Kyrie is younger, and he's great. I mean, he's injury-prone, yes, but I still, if I had to choose between the two – I would go with Kyrie. Um, with Boston specifically. With Boston specifically. Um, with those players and Kyrie, I think they'd be a real juggernaut. And I think they would um, give the Golden State Warriors a run because I think Jason Tatum's going to be really good. Jalen Browns, um, he's improving as well. Um, I don't know. I don't think – I mean, like no one's going to – LeBron, if LeBron's coming at, knocking at your door, you're obviously going to answer and hear him out. But – I think that beef is legit real. Why I not? Don't, I don't. I got an idea. Why not trade Gordon Hayward for LeBron and Kyrie for Kawhi Leonard? Why not? <laughs> you could do that. You could definitely do that. <laughs> I mean, all you need is Terry Rozier. That's all you need. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Scary Terry, guys. guys. Why not? I mean, LeBron I mean, James just plays point guard. Jalen Brown at the. At the two, you got Kawhi and Jason Tam back and forth between the three and four, and then let Al Horford do Al Horford things in the middle. I think it's brilliant. My goodness. Or this is a Hail Mary, but there were talks like earlier this year, the Boston wanted AD. You can package Kyrie and pieces to get AD and then sign LeBron. And somehow – That'd be that. I that'd be that'd be a good team. Boston's Boston situation hurts my head. Stop it's, talking, Richard. Your mic messed up. Uh, we went so far without it messing up too. Right. Well, let's just continue and roll with it. I think what Richard was going with the Boston situation are so many like flexibility things. Like you have guys that have been hurt who um, are available for trade, like um, Gordon Hayward and, and Kyrie as well. Um, you got the two really young guys in Brown and Tatum who you want to see develop, you want to see grow, and you don't. I don't see a scenario where those guys don't continue to take steps. And you got the perfect role piece that's getting paid a huge amount of money in Al Horford that plays mm-hmm. good defense, stretches the floor, and doesn't make mistakes. It's so so many options here. Is Richard? Is that where you were going with, or did I mess it up? Nah, I, I think that was where I was going. Am I good now? Am I good? Mm-hmm. All right, good, good, good. Yeah, I mean, you just there's there's so much that they have going on, and they have 
the necessary draft capital to make it happen, to, to make any, to like say, ah, oh, you know, the Spurs, ooh, we, we need a little bit more in order to sweeten the pot. Well, here, go ahead and take the Memphis pick, right? Go ahead and take the, um, you know, the upcoming Kings pick if you need to. Like, those are the pieces you can move if you really want to make it happen. If Danny Ainge is saying, you know what, now it's go time right now. And I think that if LeBron James says, no, let's go ahead and go to Boston, then those are the buttons that you could press. Here's the thing. I don't, while I do think Berkeley that the Kyrie uh, LeBron beef is real. If um, Brad Stevens is the way of smoothing things over a little bit. And if LeBron's like goes into this next phase and says, you know, I'm going to be a little bit of a different role. It's not going to, not going to quite be the, like the type of player he was. I think you maybe can smooth it over. But you're right, it, it does kind of throw in a wrench of, like, this probably isn't going to happen. The, the hardest thing is Brad Stevens recruited Gordon Hayward when, yeah, that's when, I, when IU and Purdue weren't looking at him. Yeah. So that's a thing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> how, much, how well is Brad Stevens okay with moving Gordon Hayward after break, you know, having his ankle getting, you know, just destroyed? Oh man! And that also nice. trading the whites out of Boston—that just doesn't sound like a thing. To you have Aaron Baines. Okay, retention of the white. I appreciate that. <laughs> man, I also think that um, like it's not just like about the Kyrie and LeBron beef because like Kyrie doesn't like playing with LeBron. Like Kyrie wants to be the number one guy. That's a huge thing that could play into this. Like. Kyrie, his biggest issue, like, it wasn't the whole drama with LeBron. That played a role. But his number one thing is he wanted to be the number one guy. He wanted to see if he could be an uh, all-NBA player, He can, if he could have the single accolades, that, like like the Russell Westbrooks, the James Hardens, the Dwayne Wades of the world we're getting. He can do that in San Antonio. <laughs> Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're right though. Like it's been talked about how he's kind of taken Jason Tatum underneath his wing and like, you know, that, that's like a, that's a move. If you're the guy, you know, you're taking the young kid underneath your wing and you're, you're, you're kind of showing the ropes. And if LeBron comes in that, that does kind of throw in a little bit of a wrinkle there. Uh, I don't think that Boston is a realistic option. Like I, I, they, they have all the pieces they can make the trade, but I just don't see that being, what actually happens and takes place. Even, like, I, I don't see LeBron going to, to Boston either. But if you're really looking for a, a trade that could happen, that I think the Spurs would be very happy to do, um, involving Kawhi Leonard with Boston, it's the same kind of Danny Green opt-in. You send Danny Green and Kawhi to uh, Boston for Gordon Hayward and, like, maybe not the Memphis pick, Maybe not the Sacramento pick, but maybe a for a couple Celtics picks. Oh no, no, give, give no, give me, give me the, give me all the big ones. I, I'm saying that I think Boston would if, do it. Do you say you don't think Boston would? I think Boston would do it for. I think they would too. And the, the thing is, like, so the Spurs need people that are going to be there because it's a, it's a hard, it's still a hard recruitment pitch. So Marcus Aldridge was from Texas. It kind of worked out that way, you know. It, he had a reason other than just San Antonio to be there. Gordon Hayward's under contract for, you know, three more years. That's the kind of a commitment you need that Kawhi Leonard's not giving you right now. And so that's what that that's a trade. Well, I don't want that to happen because that's terrifying if Kawhi's healthy. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's another thing that could happen. Like Boston has so many options, it's terrifying. That's great. 
It's great. Maybe they even send out Mark, Mark, Marcus Morris. So uh, get that knucklehead out of there. Uh, man, you, you got to have a knucklehead on the team at least, at least one. I guess he. Uh, yeah. Terry Rozier is going to be there, isn't he? Perhaps. I honestly think he gets traded this offseason. I think that he's the most likely to move on. Mm-hmm. So out of all these teams, we, we mentioned a lot of the options. It's been a while. What is the most likely – let's go with each and every person. Let's go ahead and start with Berkeley. What is the what is the most likely option that you see playing forward? Where does LeBron play next year? Miami. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. Um, I think the most likely scenario is LA. Like it, there's so many aspects that um, benefit LeBron. Like they have the most cap space. They can guarantee getting paying another superstar for LeBron, and they have the flexibility to get another All Star. Um, the location, it's a mark, uh, a huge marketplace where LeBron, after his career. Because LeBron's always said he wants to be a billionaire. He wants to own a team. L.A. would help him after his career be able to um, up his game in that department. And he had he has a home there as well. So I think L.A. is the best place. And plus, like, I think, like, we can all agree that the next place LeBron goes to, he's probably going to retire there. He's not going to, like, move again. So, like, do we really see LeBron like going to Houston or San Antonio for like six years, five years, or how how long you think he's gonna play? I don't think so. Cause like think about a pop. Do you think pop? Because when Lamarcus all just got signed, remember how it was a big thing? Like he met with Pop and Pop had to promise him that he was gonna be there his whole tenure. How long Lamarcus Aldridge's contract is almost up? And then like the whole thing yeah, with Pop. Yeah, they, they extended him this year, so. Oh, oh I, I, I didn't catch that. Um, so I think Pop being there, I think Pop is the main reason for LeBron to go to San Antonio, which I don't think would be enough pull because of the whole Kawhi question mark. So I think L.A. is definitely the best place for him. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay. Eh, right now I'm still currently split. If you, I'm going to tell you my first one. If you were to go to another team, I'm leaning almost more towards Philadelphia. I see it where he has his brand built up, and knowing LeBron, this would be a similar move. Where I still find it very hard that LeBron want to be in the same division as the Warriors, but you know, if you have a good setup, two, three All Stars, that can help you out. So I'm thinking, you know what? Let me stay in the East for now. I can't get the stack team that I need yet. But the other thing I was thinking, too, is I can see him waiting out in Cleveland one more season and waiting until a free agency summer 2019 to then make his big move. And then he'll be he'll have a lot more options and I think better options, too, are going to be available. That's where I'm at. Ethan. I'm looking at the scenarios and aside from Boston, I don't see any kind of guarantee that you could that your team's equally as talented as the Golden State Warriors, assuming they retain their four players. So if you're not going to have a guaranteed amount of talent surrounding you to where you feel like more than 50% chance that you can beat the Warriors, it's about location, location, location. And those two locations, like Elkin said, are Cleveland because of, you know, history. He's been there. It's where he's from. And Los Angeles because that's where he's eventually going to be. 
Um, you know, Berkeley mentioned uh, LeBron not going to be jumping around team to team as he ends his career with one small caveat that he's going to play with his son, I think. Mm-hmm. So that's the last that's the last location, wherever he gets uh, sent to. Um yeah, I just I I, I, I if you're gonna if you're gonna lose, go lose in LA, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's my thought. On the Lakers though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not not the Clippers. I don't think the Clippers are gonna work out. I just I just don't see I don't see DeAndre or uh, Jordan. If he's gonna opt out and take less money in, in a it's gonna be in a year, not this year. Berkeley, what do you got? Um, I do agree with Elkin on this point. Like, I think Philly, if you were to go to Philly, it would give him a, a legit shot to beat the Warriors. But, like, the good, another good thing about L.A., if LeBron goes to L.A., like, if he – obviously, like, he's in the same um, division as the Warriors, which is not fun. But the thing is, if he were to um, – he, like, almost guarantee a way that he would not lose any finals because, like – as great as we all think LeBron is and like as stupid as people are for hating on him, they will hold him against him. If he has like, even if he makes the finals like 15 times in a row, like he's going to have so many losses. It's just not going to help his legacy in a way. So I think that's actually a thing that LeBron probably is considering. The people people who hate on him for that are going to die soon enough anyway. So who cares? (laughs) Wow. Shots to skip Bayless. Come on, man. Um, oh, it's not, it's not just Skip Bayless. Skip Bayless is, is retired, is dumb. But like, there are like a lot of analysts. I'll be like, oh, they'll just bring up the okay, yeah, it's great. He's made it ten times in a row, but he has only three wins. Like, it's just, it just doesn't look good. And I think LeBron like thinks about like every small aspect of his legacy. Yeah, it's fair. I, I just think LA. Like, if you're gonna lose, go lose in LA. Start building that Magic Johnson brand. Yeah. yeah. Get that billion. Yeah, for me, uh, I'm gonna pick the Lakers. I'm, I'm at first and foremost picking that a trade does not happen. I don't. I don't see him doing the opt-in route, partially because I don't see Dan Gilbert being wanting to acquiesce to any of those those, those things outside of Boston. And like we said, I just don't see Boston being the destination. So I think I think LA is the is the move. And you know, like we said before, perhaps. I don't see why they would, why LA would make the trade, but they do have tradable assets by for that for that other piece. So I, I, as I too say, the Los Angeles Lakers are is the destination where LeBron goes. There's a tradition to be upheld. When LeBron leaves a team, Lou Aldang replaces him. It has to happen. Nah, uh-huh. Lou Aldang to the Cavs for like a, a, just a random pick, just to acquiesce to Dan Gilbert. You still cut salary in the process. Kuzma, but no, no, keep Kuzma like. Just, okay. just a pick. But Luau Dang has to replace LeBron James. It's a rule. Every time he leaves, Luau Dang goes where he used to be. <laughs> well, you heard it here first. Luau Dang is going to the Cleveland Cavaliers this offseason. Oh, man, boys. Interesting. The, the NBA season has officially started. The offseason, that is. And uh, honestly, it's what we've been waiting for so for about a year. It's the one part of the year that everyone's team gets to do something. If you're a fan of Detroit, your team just stinks. Unless, yeah, unless you're a Detroit Pistons <laughs> fan, you can literally do nothing. You just, you just, you just stayed and hoping that John, you can trade John Luer for something. But, uh sad. <laughs> and, and the Miami Heat, because you guys can't, you guys have no draft pick this year. So, what are you talking about? We're gonna get Carmelo. Yeah, don't bring us into this. Like, don't, don't rain on our parade. 
fine. We're going to get Carmelo. It's exciting. You're fine. You are going to make a trade because you can't have that many that many we of those have, the same people on your team. We still have Dwayne Wade. That's all that matters. Oh, Wade County. True. true. That's right. And we, and, we have, and we have Kobe Wade, Deion Waiters. <laughs> oh, man. So do you think oh, we broke no. the uh, Hero Ball podcast record for the longest pod? Uh, that, oh, live, sure. that live pod we did? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. This is the longest one. Thanks, Berkeley. Thanks for helping us out with that. No problem. Guys, do we have do we have a hero ball quote or, or, or a moment or what are we doing? I don't know. <laughs> we, we, we didn't plan this out. We, we really forgot to talk about that. It's okay. It's all right. Well, let's just end it. Oh, I got I got one. The oh, yeah. hero the hero ball moment of the week is Rich Paul getting that text sent out to let everyone know that LeBron James had a bone bruise in his hand. <laughs>